Hey, Keith. What's up, Fred? How you doing? I, I, I couldn't do a good, uh, what's it called, uh, avatar, but you, you that I recognize you. Oh, excellent. You, you look uh, you look pretty good for an avatar, buddy. I, 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 I couldn't, uh, I didn't put much effort into it, but, you know, it, it'll be good to catch up. How you been doing? Doing good, man. Uh, just uh, things are opening up, so that's good, you know. We could get back into comedy. What's going, like, which clubs, like, where do you usually work, Irvine or... Yeah, I, I usually do the improvs and then like the ha ha in North Hollywood. Um, I could get you up there if you want, and then uh, yeah. the rec room in Huntington Beach, which is the club I co-book. Wait, wait, is is that wait Huntington Beach? I get Huntington Beach mixed up. Let me share with friends. See how I do this. Tell friends to join. How do you do this? It's a share with friends. Okay, let me oh. send. I forgot. Let me tell my friend, uh, Huntington Beach. That's all oh, right. I get confused with Hermosa Beach. Yeah, Huntington's now, I, about thirty minutes after. Now that's funny. You should say that because this is uh, this is got dog I like on Instagram. Uh, do you live by Huntington Beach? Yeah, yeah, I live I live in Huntington Beach. Wow, because uh, I'm obsessed on Instagram. There's this uh, dog called Ghost Speedy. I followed his story. He was hit by a car in Mexico, paralyzed. And this nice woman, and they always have Instagram photos of them on Huntington Beach. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I so the dog was hit by a car? In Mexico. And it was like, uh, this woman did like a, uh, a not a GoFundMe, a, uh, just like an Instagram story about his, they wanted to put him down. She said no, and he's so cute. And then someone said, I want to adopt him. So they brought him to the States. He's in a wheelchair, and he's the happiest. He has such a great life. He's with another dog in a wheelchair and four other dogs. And I love Speedy. And I always see he's at Huntington Beach. So one day I want to go there. I think he goes there like almost every day and find Speedy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Huntington yeah. Beach is a place where you went to the Barnes and Nobles to. Oh, that yeah. was Beach. That yeah. Was so and. No, and I was going to say, and the comedy club I co-book is in that shopping area. Oh, so what's going on? Have you been to Irvine or any of the improvs? Are they closed? What's going on with the pandemic? Well, I got an email from Irvine saying they're opening in a couple weeks with Bob Saget being the opening, uh, opening comedian for the, you know. I think it'll be a while for them to get, like, all caught up they might just do weekend shows you know weekend shows with it spread out yeah i'm sure it will be they open wow. on the 23rd of april so when was the last time you did stand-up comedy uh last week actually i did an outdoor show um you you were telling me you you did a zoom show how was that 
That was pretty good. Um, it was, I like the Q&A. Uh, it was like the best of San Francisco has this thing where they they ask for donations and they have a lot of San Francisco comics, young people. And then I was the headliner, but I said, I haven't done my act in many years. I don't remember my act. I, the last time I did it was when I was opening for Norm that year. And uh, I said, if you want, I could tell stories about being on sitcoms and do a Q&A. And they said, okay. So I did a few jokes, but again, I I haven't done my act, but they were very respectful and asked a lot of questions. I told stories about writing on Seinfeld and uh, things like that. And yeah. um, so they were, it was, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the Q and A's and stuff. So I did one other Zoom show, a corporate thing. And that was the same thing where I had a trivia contest and I, I told stories about, you know, working on Seinfeld, working on Raymond, Dumb and Dumber, and a Q&A. And they, they really had a lot of questions, so I enjoyed it. But I can't, you can't dabble with stand-up. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things I actually, like, uh, take good pride in is because remember a couple years ago when I filmed my special, my half hour, and I asked you to open at Brea? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I kind of take good pride that I got you back in a standup because that that was one of that was your first year you were getting back into it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was I was getting back in because I was going on a Jewish book festival circuit for my book, and uh, there was another crazy place I went up. Oh, it was way past um, uh, Flappers and Belmont, or I don't remember some bar. So was that the IE? It might have been some bar, but uh, I remember, yeah. I got to be honest, those places in Orange County depressed me. They're all like, you know, they, they, they look like they're like a Chuck E. Cheese. They're like, you know, the same mall, the same layout. When I did that place with you, Irvine, with Norm, you know, when you're on the road, they're excited and respectful of you. But I think they're jaded in Irvine and um. And they, they wouldn't, it took us an hour to get ice cream, but that place in Irvine is weird. And I think you remember, we, we got to hang out with Fred Willard and his wife and they both passed away, but that was a great thing to have dinner with the Willards, right? Oh yeah. That, that was a fun night. We, uh, we went to the yard house. The yard house. Oh, there's always a yard house in all these malls. There was one, um, there's Brea. What, what are all the ones in Orange County? There's uh, when I wrote my book about comedian special, I went, I tracked down Rob Schneider at one of them. I forgot which one. And he, uh, uh, you know, it was the same mall, the same place. It wasn't Brea or Irvine. It was, I forgot. Ontario, maybe? Yes, Ontario. They're all, yeah, all seem the same, but. Um, so those are opening up with what, like, uh, with the audience wears masks. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, the email said the twenty third, so it's we still got like twenty days to to check it out, you know. But when I do comedy at this club that I did 
last week, everyone was wearing a mask, but then they took it off. Like, like that really does anything. You know what I mean? I that's what I don't get. I don't get like, what's the point of wearing it? And then when you sit down, you take it off. Wait, when you sit and watch a show, you take it off? Yeah, that's what the audience did. So I, I was just like, I was just like confused, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I heard that. Now, do they have like a glass partition in front of the stage or something? At the show that I did, no. But I have, I've seen shows like on a. Uh, facebook and instagram where they do have that so are you still touring are you still opening for norm uh the last time i opened up for him was when you did it so um, and with barry sobel yeah i i that's when that's when i kind of stopped working with norm because i didn't get along with barry i i uh <laughs> I'm, you know, I have a personal experience with him and I just, I just don't think he's a good dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a, could be a diva. Is that what it was? Demanding? Uh, it was that. And then, uh, you know, he threw a glass at me and, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah. Do do you want to hear the story or? I'd love to hear love to hear the story i mean sobel he uh i wrote that book and i interviewed him and i had him like my seinfeld episode take him out for a nice meal so he he demanded a meal from me but i didn't know he threw a glass yeah i'd love to hear the story so we did the american comedy club in san diego and um i was hosting barry was featuring so, you know how, like, the host, you know, you got to get the crowd pumped up for the feature, like, your next comic, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so Barry tells me to always say he's a special guest. And, you know, Chris Rock, you know, loves him and Tom Hanks and all that stuff. Like, that's what <laughs> he wanted me to say as his uh, credit. So I did <laughs> that. that. Hanks love him? Yeah. So... <laughs> What kind of credit? I he so like okay. So if this was a show, I would be like, all right, you guys, uh, your next comic, uh, you know, you've seen him in Revenge of the Nerds. You know, Tom Hanks loves him. Chris Rock loves him, and he's in the house right now. Give it up for Barry Sobel. You know, like that's literally what I said. It might not have been word for word, but that was the the gist. You know what I mean? Right. And. So the first show, he just insults me. And Wait, uh, like after. Yeah, he, he goes on. He takes the mic and he insults me. He's like, all right, uh, give it up for the, the retard. Now, you know, the real show can start. And what that an like. Idiot. Yeah, that like kind of offended me because, you know, you've seen my comedy. I talk about having Asperger's and stuff and. The R word is like the N word to me. You know what I mean? Like, I even get mad at Norm when he does it. You know what I mean? He calls you the R word? Barry did, but no, like. I thought you said Norm did it too. Calls you the. Oh, he no, uses no. the word. But just in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He uses the word in general. He never does it directly towards me, but Barry 
directly towards to me. So after the first show, I said, Hey man, I don't really appreciate that. If you could just not do that, I would, you know, that'd be cool. And then the second show, he did it again and I was pissed. And then, uh, you know, before I brought up Norm, I said, you know what, this is my time for a little payback. So I got up I said, give it up for the guy who's only funny with music because his entire, <laughs> his entire act was with music. You know what I mean? Wait, did he sing or he played music? No, like he, he, he beatbox or whatever, you know, like, right. I, yeah, like it, it wasn't jokes. It wasn't like stand up jokes. It was more like, it was just weird. And, um, he's a rapper, he's 60 years old. He wears his pants down at his ass. Like, you know, he thinks he's like, I don't know who he thinks he is. He thinks he's Justin Bieber or something, but yeah, he thinks he's a, a hip hop dude. Yeah. And um, so Norm went on stage and then Barry goes into the green room and he says, uh, listen, you little fucker, don't ever do that to me again. And I was like, I asked you not to call me the R word. So he takes a glass and he threw it at me and he's like, Jeez. I'll get you off. The sh-. Yeah. He's like, I'll get you off the show so fast. And then I, I didn't say anything. And then like I told Norm about it and Norm said he'll talk to him and Norm asked me not to like press charges or anything, so I didn't because of my respect for Norm. But where did the I glass? Just... Where did the glass it, uh, land? My shoulder. Jesus. Yeah. You were thinking, and uh, you were thinking of pressing charges. Yeah, that's assault. I was thinking of it, you know, mm-hmm. because like, like, dude, that like, that's just. Uh, that's just crazy you know what i mean and um yeah so i I never worked with norm with barry again and uh whenever barry's in town i just uh i just uh don't go there because it's like um i think barry's you know i don't have proof for this but i think barry's like on some type of drug where it makes people crazy and that's not what i'm about you know i'm pretty friendly and i don't want drama you know what i mean he the only comedian you ever had a fight with? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had like little uh, bickers with comics, but like in my mind, I could still work with them. You know what I mean? So you think you think uh, he said to Norm, "It's Keith or me," and that's why you never worked with Norm again? I I don't know. I I don't know. That's uh. So Norm didn't say what the fuck he threw a glass at you. That's wrong. No, he did to me, but I, I mean, I don't know what he told Barry. I, I, I wasn't in that conversation. You know what I mean? I don't really, I don't really care. It was four years ago, you know? It, okay. Well, I hope that didn't, you know, that's, that's sad if that affected you working for Norm, but, but uh, I don't, I haven't seen Sobel in probably that many years, so I don't know what he's up to. But yeah. was that? Did you know who he, who he was before this incident? Yeah, he's a he's the only guy who Johnny Carson passed without even watching his act because Johnny Carson didn't want to hear him talk, so he just gave him the thumbs up and said, "Sit down." <laughs> let's. You want to see? <laughs> yeah, let let's listen to the message. Hey, what's going on, Keith? 
Hey, Fred, what do you guys got going on here tonight? Stop by to check in, see what's going on. Let's see some comedy. Oh, wait. I'm getting... Well, we're, we're talking, we're doing behind-the-scenes comedy. Um... <laughs> Oh, thank you. Oh, they left it outside. Jesus, thank you. The Postmates always leaves the leaves the food outside the door. They don't understand that I live, uh, you know, outside. But uh, okay, I'm sorry. Did I lose it, Keith? No, no, I'm still here. What would you get at Postmates? California Chicken Cafe. And I live in an apartment on the second floor, and they're such idiots where they leave it outside, you know, like they think I live in this whole apartment complex. It's all mine. And the, the outside door, which is open, they think is for the whole, you know, for the whole building. So these neighbors of mine were nice enough to bring it up to me. So I'll try not to chew, but I just got my California Chicken Cafe. I haven't eaten. So your friend wants comedy. I'm sorry for not being funny, but I think this is gritty behind the scenes things. Norm McDonald, Barry Sobel getting into a fist fight. I thought it's interesting. Is there any jokes you uh, want to try out, uh, Keith? Have you written any new jokes since the pandemic? Uh, yeah, but uh, I just wanted to be clear. Norm and Barry didn't get into a fist fight. It was me and Barry. Right, right. 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 We never know that. if Norm's going to hear this, you know? Right. I think, uh, no, no, yeah. And I never intend meant it that Norm got in this with Barry Sobel. Um, uh, all right. I'll but do a joke. I, thought it, I thought it was funny how, like, like uh, first of all, how, how weird would it be if Barry Sobel was your postmates? That's funny. <laughs> But uh, that was I thought it was weird. I, I, thought it was I got my to Tom Hanks and Chris Rock in his introduction. You know, yeah, it's a, it's funny, but it's kind of sad that you know his ego that he he thinks that means anything. Like I heard yeah. a story. This guy, I forgot his name. He actually died. A comedian. Um, and back before Michael Keaton, you know, became really big, he, he gave him this whole introduction at the comedy store. You better say this and this and this. And then the guy goes on stage, goes, this next guy gave me this crazy introduction. Either he's funny or not, Michael Keaton. You know, he didn't even <laughs> say it. You know, because, uh, yeah, it's, it, um, yeah, the introduction shouldn't matter. So, I mean, the introduction, he should show respect. Like, this guy's funny. You can enjoy him. You know, but, yeah, to say Chris Rock loves him, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I don't know Chris Rock, but I'm pretty sure if I did, I I, I think Chris Rock would say, uh, he's okay. You know what I mean? Like, Barry Sobel doesn't strike me as the type of person who people actually – like you know what i mean maybe he likes his comedy oh you mean likes him as a person yeah i don't know so i think i was i was sort of in your area because i um i i don't know if it was uh 
orange, I mean, where was it? Um, near Cerritos to get my vaccination. I got my oh. first one. And my joke is, I guess I'm only vaccinated on my left side. <laughs> my first. And then my other joke was, there was a long line. It was really hot. But in Georgia, they have a law. You can't give anyone water waiting in line for a vaccination. That's sort I of did like, actually hear you can't drink water while you're trying to get vaccinated, which doesn't really make sense to me, but... I'm sure they know what they're doing. I mean, um, it's uh, so. What have you have you you What have you been doing with your time with, during the lockdown? Uh, I've been just doing the Razor Riffs podcast via Zoom. I've been writing a couple scripts, and uh, you know, just um, watching movies and stuff. What about you? Uh, same, trying to write. I do Cameo. You know what that is, that app? Yeah, I'm on Cameo. People... No one ever books me. <laughs> wow, maybe Sobel will. <laughs> I got Barry Sobel's on Cameo. He's the guy that Chris Rock and Tom Hanks like. And, and that's it. <laughs> I, um, I do Cameo. I charge cheap, so I, I actually have a few to do after this. Just keep my apartment clean, watch TV. Uh, uh, just, I don't, it just is insanity. Uh, it's just um, no exotic hobbies. I still go to the Grove, Farmer's Market, and uh, not too much else. I, um, not too much else. You know, I thought of your friend, I saw something. You know, you see news on the uh, internet, I mean, on the phone, that Tom Arnold, he's your friend, he looks like he's going through a nasty divorce. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I love Tom very much. But I think he's been going through a divorce for at least a year. Oh, see, like I, don't, I don't know. Cold. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, I'm going to speak crazy having kids. Well, and you're also good friends with Angelo, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I I tried to sign up for that clubhouse thing, but I, I didn't get it. Like, what's the difference between clubhouse and stereo? Clubhouse is sort of like like a Comic-Con convention with a symposium. It's like people have themes like comedians with Asperger's, breaking into comedy or getting over some abuse or, or just chats, anything. So there could be, you know, no limit. This is only two people doing it. That, you have a big group. And uh, that group was like revisiting Fred and Vinny. So it was all the people from Fred and Vinny. And people were listening and asking questions. So it's a little, it's stereo is just two. And that, you know, um, you have the same thing with the faces, but you can have it unlimited. I mean, some some stereo things have like a hundred people. If it's something you know from Breaking Bad or you know Game of Thrones or some writers or some people like uh, this comedian I discovered is really big. Tim Dillon had one where he was ranting, and it was a lot of people. You know, so yeah, it's um things like oh, let's see another thing. What this guy says. 
play the message. Okay. You guys ever see Kentucky Fried Movie with Rex Kramer, Danger Seeker? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought reading your title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, um, that's right. There was a movie in like probably 1975, sort of like um, sketches, and it's pretty politically incorrect today, but he goes in a bad neighborhood and he says a racial slur, a skinny white guy. But yes, I don't remember Danger Seeker, but yes, I was the thrill seeker. I'm still a thrill seeker. I washed my hands for 19 seconds, not 20. So <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a, a personal question, Keith. That's of course. Okay. Yeah. A friend of mine, I didn't know this, but I, I, sh- I should have suspected. I met her, you know, I hung out a few times and her... Her oldest son, she says, has Asperger's, and he's freaking out about the uncertainty of the pandemic. So he needs things in order. So does Asperger's have different, as they say, spectrums and different things? Like some people freak out, they need order, or and he's, uh, were you okay about the pandemic? Like, because you know, one time, I guess you can't. I guess you can't generalize because you were crying about something. And I thought people with autism don't cry. So it's very confusing. That so, they don't have emotions. So no. So he was probably having a meltdown, which all uh, Aspies do have meltdowns. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, when we, you and me were touring with Norm, and you know how Norm like likes to play like little like mind games. Like he'll tell me <laughs> one thing and then use something else, you know? Like, yes. Yeah. So he does that to be funny, but I remember but he likes that. He's was... an instigator. He's an instigator. He likes when people, yes, he was causing trouble. He likes to do that. Yeah. But I think he didn't realize he was kind of going overboard because like, it was like really emotionally getting to me. Like I was having, a, I remember I was having a meltdown and I was texting you and I was like, Hey Fred, I don't know what I did. You know what I mean? I don't even remember the entire situation, but so like I was going overboard, freaking out. And I remember I was texting you nonstop. Do you remember that? I do. I do. There was some weird misunderstanding. Actually, he he did something when we worked in Irvine saying, hey, you guys ain't getting along. So he started something and then I saw a smirk on his face because he likes when there's drama. So, yeah, so he kind of. There was some misunderstanding that got blown up, and um, I, uh, I, oh, I see. So sometimes something can cause a meltdown. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying Norm like knew to the extent it was, because I'm pretty sure if he knew like how bad it was, I think, I mean, at least I hope, I think he would have stopped. You know what I mean? Because I think like people when people see people who are struggling with social cues like freak out like that like it's kind of it's kind of painful it's kind of like watching someone getting beaten up and you just don't do anything about it you know what i mean i guess i'm trying to understand that i i thought autism meant no emotions like spock but i guess no like you said that yeah but i mean that's they don't show their emotions but they don't they don't show empathy that that's probably like Sparks, the guy from Star Trek, right? 
Right. Yeah, so he doesn't really show empathy, you know, but he still has emotions. You know what? Do you remember this? I mean, Norm likes to be funny, but uh, I remember when we all we sat down with Fred Willard to eat. Norm goes, I I, I don't mean to put a damper on anything, but Keith here is autistic. And Fred Willard goes, what the (laughs) what the hell does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) And you go, I got Uh... no empathy. And, and so he likes to, you know, be ridiculous. Let's see what these people say. Any good comments? Uh-huh. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. So one thing that really strikes me as pretty cool is how you recognize that that most movies from the late sixties, early seventies were exploitation films at most. And there were some grindhouse films, of course, but in the case of point of comedy, especially the Zucker brothers, they touched upon a lot of issues that were taboo. Um Racism was definitely one of them. Um, abortion was one of them. An airplane, you know, like the Zucker brothers are not afraid to satirize whatever. I mean, they're not Matt and Trey, like Matt Stone and Trey Parker, but they're definitely uh, innovative in their own way, and they shed light onto uh, films that were exploited for sure. Let me see what he so when it comes to autism and Asperger's, which is basically now the new pervasive developmental disorder, a lot of people tend to think that autism is showing lack of emotion. It's actually the opposite. Autistic people are very passionate and very uh, motivated, whereas um, I suppose Asperger's people are almost as extrinsic, but they're also quite intrinsic. It's a matter of their environment, of how they were raised, and how they manage their symptoms. I mean, I still stim from time to time, you know? That's my way of saying I was on the autism spectrum, by the way. Is that a, uh, uh, is that a phrase I never heard, but I still stem? What does he mean, Keith? Uh, he probably means that there's, there's times where he still struggles in social uh, interactions. And, I mean... So he, he was basically saying that he's he's autistic as well. But yeah, he's absolutely correct. Like, it also depends on surroundings and stuff. So like your friend's kid, like, I don't know his home life. I don't, you know, I don't know what he likes to do. But like, comedy and writing is like the stuff that I get out of my shell. You know what I mean? Like, I really enjoy it. And I click well, I with other. Uh, yeah. That's a good point, because he loves wrestling. And I guess in a pandemic, he uh, can't wrestle. So maybe yeah. that's freaking out. Uh, now, now I think it's true that people on the spectrum, they get very obsessed with something specific. Like some, like uh, I, I bumped into someone at the grow, uh, farmer's market and his daughter. And she was like, I could tell she was on the spectrum and she was obsessed with uh, Marvel and, and I said, which Marvel heroes do you love? I like this, this, and the way she rattled them off, I could tell she was on the spectrum. So I guess people on the spectrum, they have a hobby or a, something very specific that really keeps them grounded. Is that what, a good way to put it? Yeah. You- yeah. And like like I was saying, comedy and writing is is my hobby. You know, like I, I just love that stuff. Oh, that's great. Let me see if this person... Have you watched The Mandalorian yet? If not, you should. I can assure you it will be worth it. Have you watched that show, Fred? 
No, is that a Netflix streaming show? I think it's a I Disney Plus it. show. I think it was like a, a Star Wars thing. Is that the one where that woman, um, she got canceled? She got, because yeah, she, she got very, canceled. Right. That No, I haven't watched. I, I went to a friend's house. It was safe, COVID. He got tested. And he, he put on 1984 Wonder Woman, which was kind of fun a little bit, but then it, it got to be everyone is so young and perfect and gorgeous and fit. But I will I will check that out. I will check out King Kong versus Godzilla. Do you have any oh, favorite no, shows? Don't. I saw that no. today. That was terrible. Okay. You know, I have to admit, when I get depressed, I, I watch a YouTube channel of just rain on a window. Pretend I'm in Vermont. Sometimes... I don't want anything to trigger a memory or like a friend of mine. He's uh, <clears throat> so many regrets in life. He can't, he only listens to country music because it has no memories because it's all new music. doesn't signify anything. So right. uh, we're getting pretty deep here. Let's see what this person says. I wouldn't say it's obsession as much as it is fixation. And this stimming comes from a level of excitement that can't be contained intrinsically and therefore it's displayed extrinsically or otherwise uh, physically like for example the wife she drags uh what was it babe what do you do for your stim all four of my fingers get placed kind of in a face motion but i drag my fingers through your palm yeah i basically drag them upward towards my palm and for me, I uh, flail my leg, like when I'm sitting down playing a video game, for example, my leg at my knee joint will rise. I'll kick it out. I'll kick it out to front and back, front and back, to and fro. And I do that out of excitement, out of, uh, I guess, kind of nervousness, but not really heavy anxiety. That sounds like, and I'm no Dr. Drew, I'm just talking off the top of my head like almost like rituals like ocd-ish is it like you have things that make you comfortable like a comedian i know do you know alu bell uh keith alu bell no i i don't he his finger and and twist his hair like constantly like twist his hair so i guess it's uh, is it like ritual i'm curious ocd-ish where Things no, it sounds like these little things you he does comforts him, yeah. Little things, so uh, very hey, very interesting. Hey, hey Fred, I, I I didn't mean to interrupt, but you said that uh, it was only a uh, thirty minutes. And I wanted to respect your time. Are you cool to keep going? Thirty minutes. Well, if you have any more questions, or if anyone has any more things, I, I'm finding this interesting. So unless you have something to do. Oh. We can no, wrap no. It up I just, I just, oh, I just nice. wanted to respect your time. You know, very, very respectful. Uh, <clears throat> no, I mean, let's just we'll wait another minute, see if another question or anything. Or uh, just, I actually um, do have one question for you. Sure, sure. Um, because uh, I'm about to interview this person in June, and I know you worked with him on, on Dumb and Dumber, so I've never met him, but uh. How how is Mike Starr? Is he pretty easy to talk to? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He lives in Orange County, I think. Is that how? How did you get in contact with him? Uh, I just uh, wrote his publicist, and his publicist wrote me back. So. Yeah, he's. Uh, you tell him, you know, I say hi. We 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 know each other very well from New York, and uh, well, we've got a good friend, Frankie Renzulli from The Sopranos. So he has a million stories. He's he's classic. He's great. Yeah. He's a classic. Uh, he was a great movie, Mad Dog and Glory, with David Caruso. So you're lucky to talk. Let's see. Uh, oh, I would say on. OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder is definitely intrinsic and extrinsic, but mostly intrinsic because uh, these men and women who struggle with it unquestionably uh, want things in their own routine and their own pattern, and to heavily adapt to change is never easy for anybody. It's not an easy feat, and I think that's why a lot of OCD patients see... uh, mainly a repeat of their uh, symptoms because that's what makes them comfortable, you know. You can't really take them out of that box, unfortunately. As much medication as you can give somebody, they're still going to have that compulsion because it's something that makes them feel good, but also is something in their uh, routine that they don't feel like they want to change or can't change. That, that's it's- true, too. Yeah. Do you know his name, Bierdo? Uh Do you know him, Keith? I don't know. He, he's oh, just a guy on stereo. He sounds like a champ that he's, you know, very self-aware and accepting. And, um, you know, and Keith, you always have a lot of supportive people when you uh, do your shows. Uh, oh. You know, you had a big crowd at Irvine and... Um, I remember when I went to uh, Huntington um, that a friend of mine it was only like two or three people at my Barnes and Noble event, but she's uh, uh, I think Bob Gunton from the Shawshank Redemption lives in Orange County. She's friends with him, and oh, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, let me just see. And are you still working at Ralph's? I am. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, I got moved to the, because my, my, uh, Asperger's was getting so bad with like people and like everyone's panicking during this, uh, this pandemic. Like, so they moved me to the stocking milk, the dairy deli. So I don't, it's actually kind of good. Cause I don't really talk to a lot of people unless like they're looking for something, but at least I don't have to like you know, hear everyone's issues and stuff, you know? It's hard. It's hard. Uh, Keith, I, I, I give you so much credit that, you know, you, uh, you know, I, I have something similar in that people don't understand. I was so, so shy and depressed how I became a stand-up comedian, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more uh, neurotic and socially one-on-one than being on stage because it's a clump of people. You kind of hide behind it. A bit so i guess your your family must be so so proud of you that you uh you know was so brave and you know do what you do yeah i mean uh i appreciate that but i've always wanted to be a, a comedian and i mean you know this you you 
from the 87 HBO special, you were the first 89. Yeah. You were the first, uh, a comic I saw on TV because I remember I was watching it with my dad and I remember your purple shirt and <laughs> I actually I could probably quote that entire set because I watched it so many times you know it was David Spade actually I wrote a book about it called five minutes to kill about the 1989 young comedian special David Spade Rob Schneider uh, Jan Karam and two of them sadly aren't with us anymore um Drake Sather and Warren Thomas and Dennis Miller hosted it. I heard that Spade uh, just got on that show because Dennis Miller like asked him, you know, well, sort of. he's tried. He had tried out before, but Dennis Miller pushed for him. He had tried out to do him HBO. Um, And he was also uh, managed by, uh, I forgot his name. Ray Rio? No, not Ray Rio. Uh, I think he died, and he uh, he was running Paramount. I can't think of his name. Big manager, Ralston Gray. <clears throat> so he, they were managing uh, Schneider and Spade and Miller. So that helped uh, uh, Spade get on it. <clears throat> so any last questions or comments? Uh, I do have one more question oh, for you. Whatever you want to know, my, Keith. My my friend Jeff uh, wants to know uh, the dynamic between you and your mother is move, movie worthy. Have you ever considered writing a screenplay based on your relationship with her? You know, well, right now it's hard because for a year and a half she's sort of a vegetable in a uh, in a nursing home. So it's uh, I have, but then. People, uh, I've been exploring it, but it's almost too much, you know, where it's, you know, I need a break from thinking about her, but I have thought of, or a book about her, you know, but, but I've written so much about her. I'm sick of the topic sometimes. Yeah. How do you feel about David Byrne of Talking Heads uh, paving the way for people with Asperger's? And being so upfront and candid about it. I had no idea. Well, now that you mention yeah. it, it, actually, as you know, Keith, you talked, Dan Aykroyd has it. Yeah. I didn't know Daryl has the form of Asperger's. Um, who else? Tom Arnold have? actually has it, too. Yeah, how, how does he have it? How does it manifest? Or uh, Tom? Tom's very... Uh... Uh, he's very hyper and he's very, um, you know, he, he says the wrong thing sometimes, but he, he always tries to be funny and stuff. I think Tom's a sweetheart, you know. That's uh, well, you know, this is interesting. I'm going to go on YouTube and read about uh, David Byrne because I always yeah. love to talk. And so now that you mention it, I could see. He, I didn't know he was so upfront. I never uh, read any uh, interviews about it. How do I feel about it? I think that's great. Like, you know, I, my whole life had problems, self-acceptance. So I think it's great that all these people with their things, they accept it. And it's, they have a label, which helps. So it's very interesting. Thank you for that uh, great information, Ber- Berardo. Well, I, well, we had a little... Uh, 
we'll audience for a while. Any other things? Any other questions, Keith? Uh, yeah, just just one more, and uh, sure. I, I do want to respect your time, so if I can, but sure. if not, I could just okay. Uh, with um the pandemic, you know, coming to an end, and all these safety about like uh on sets and stuff. Like, are you kind of nervous getting back to work or going on a TV show with all this like rehearsing with the mask and then filming without a mask, like? Have you heard stories about this? Like, how, how are you feeling about it? You know, as neurotic as I am, I'm, I think once the vaccines get going and, and they'll be testing people, like my friend uh, lives in, a, well, no, he works on, actually he works on Spade's Netflix show. He's going to work uh-huh. for the Oscar. He's a, he lives in Hermosa Beach. He does sound and lighting. And he has to get tested like three times a week. So I, I kind of think that um, with vaccinations and all the precautions, I'm not that nervous about. I hope to go back to work soon. I'm more nervous. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't have any work coming up, but I'm not that <laughs> freaked out with the way you know, that, let's see if it's his, Bernardo has the last one yet. For David Byrne, um, a good example of this, if you guys want to watch this, is David Byrne interviewing himself. Um, this was back when they made Stop Making Sense with Jonathan Demme directing and the rest of the band, plus a backup band for them. It was around this time where um, you could notice that he had several ticks, if you will. Uh, he would move his leg up and down like kind of similar to what I do but not really he would tap his foot and he would kind of have what looked like Parkinson's but not really Um, eventually I'm sure he got therapy and medication to where he's more level headed now and he actually said in a very recent interview when he was doing his live show without the talking heads and just himself and he actually uh, opened up about it and he was uh, very modest about it too. So yeah, give it a listen. Wow, oh, that sounds cool. Absolutely, and that you know, I think people are fortunate to have Asperger's these days because there's an awareness. It must have been hard, like someone like me who grew up in the '70s, when you didn't know. But actually, you know, it's funny. Like there's some people. I go, what's wrong with this guy or something's off? And now I could go, oh, he's on the spectrum. There's a lot of people, now that I think of them in hindsight, they're on the spectrum. So it must, I know it's a label, but it really, it must help people go through this. Like, you know, like I dated a woman a long, long time ago and she was explaining that she was bulimia. This was like a... 1983 and I didn't understand what she was talking about but so it must help that today there's so many support groups and zoom and you know awareness of eating disorders and the spectrum for people to not feel so alone you know what I mean so they're pretty fortunate in that way and that they're and um yes and my friend who's uh son is crying she 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 explains she goes there's nothing i could do 
So I, I guess is that something, Keith? When someone has a an Asperger's meltdown, you nothing you say or do, you, you they just got to go through it. Oh, uh, when you're when you're a kid, like how how old's the kid? He's actually twenty one. Oh, but you could, then you could he he's probably uh very very severe if there's nothing you could do. I know when you're a kid. The best advice is to just let him, you know, use all his emotions out and then he'll be calm. But I don't I don't have like when I have meltdowns, you know, I will I got to get the problem solved before my meltdown will finish. You know what I mean? Like that's why, like, you know, like I I would over text you or something or over call you because it's like. I got to solve this or I can't move on until it's solved. You know what I mean? Yeah. I once had a problem with my Facebook where I accidentally deleted some people. I was pressing the wrong button and you were freaking out. So you like take things. (laughs) You you were saying you were crying because I unfriended, which I didn't. So you just take things over, over personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But I, but I'm glad you didn't do it intentional because I no no I, no I, a few people I thought I was doing a thing where I was moving I was moving things around but I don't know much I, I got confused with Facebook so no 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 it's uh, yeah because I do I do consider you a friend and I I love you very much and I also consider you a mentor so you know I'm glad that it was just a a, a, a mistake because. That would have really hurt my feelings, yeah. Absolutely. So let me ask you another personal question. Are you on any medication? Uh, right now? Or, or in general? In- <laughs> uh, uh, right now, I'm under Fruit Punch from Minute Maid. Uh, no, I, I've never taken uh, medicine, actually, in my life. Um, wow. Any kind of medicine? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've probably taken like I've definitely taken Advil and you know Nyquil, but I've never taken Zoloft or or anything like that. I've uh, like I said, comedy. I started comedy when I was fifteen, and I I watched comedy my entire life. So like that was like my my way to escape and to be free, and it really helped me uh, to talk better. And um, because I was very mute, you know. And comedy really, like, that's the thing. That's why I love comedy. Comedy really does save lives, you know? And I'm sure, like, when you were younger, too, it really gave you that ambition, too. I mean, you know, you're you're hilarious, and, you know, you've accomplished so much, you know? So I feel that's why I love comedy, because it, it gives us a door. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, you get back on stage and... Uh... It's great catching up. I hope this was therapeutic for you. And uh, remember, um, I'm, you know, just tell when you talk about me, say Chris Rock and Tom Hanks like me. Let's let's take one last thing from David. Keith, your avatar looks like Conan O'Brien, buddy. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that. Wow. Wow. You you know, well, I think Conan's hair maybe flips the other way, but yeah, you know, he's, yeah, yeah, it's maybe not as red, but I didn't, 
think your eyes are a little bit more almondy, but <laughs> I think that's why we had proud five people because they thought you were Conan O'Brien. But, uh, <laughs> and they thought you were Barry Selble. Yes, yes, who is liked by Chris Rock. Actually, I got to confess, I'm a hypocrite because, um, you know, when my book came out, you need something called a blurb where you get a quote from a celebrity. So uh-huh. one time there was an article about me and Chris Rock commented on Facebook, always funny about me. So then I needed a quote from Chris Rock for my book. And I used the thing, Chris Rock says, Fred Stoller is always funny. So I'm, I'm very much like Sobel. I'm, I'm using the credit. I'm, I'm working with the uh, Chris Rock stick. Got to do what I do. Yeah. All right, let's take, let's, let's, let's have you close it out. <laughs> that would be funny if we started listening because we thought it was Conan. <laughs> yeah, well, people get confused with Conan and Keith a lot. Well, Keith, this was actually, I enjoyed this a lot, and you keep me posted. And um, right. you, you get back on the stage real soon. I hope you do too, man. We, you know, and hopefully you, me, and Norm could do shows together again. Let's make it happen. All right, buddy. Have a, Have a good night. You too. Bye, Keith. Bye, Fred. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.